What are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entries. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. You approach the Shivering Isles. Through the door behind me lies the realm of Sheogorath. Prince of Madness, Lord of the Never There. A new arrival! A shame about my gatekeeper. I'm so happy I could just tear out your intestines and strangle you with them! <laughs> Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with Lotus of Doom, my regular pal companion on our hey, adventures hey. through the Daedric Princes lately. Lotus, it's true. How's it going, man? It's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. Going to tackle some Shagorath, which we may or may not have one or two clips just naturally from. <laughs> there are, <laughs> yeah, there's a few. And we also, of course, we, we have some that were uh, custom made for us by Wes Johnson, which was so nice yeah, of him. exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Shagorath is is the topic today. We're almost to the end of the Daedric Princes. We've almost made our way back through everybody updating everything about what we know about them and kind of expanding on the knowledge from the first time around and right. this time we're we're up to sheogorath again and i think sheogorath is we the last few have been kind of lesser known daedric princess sheogorath's almost the most popular one i mean he's probably up there in top three the most popular and one of the most fleshed out in the series yeah well he, he has an entire expansion about him He's yep. got um, he shows up in every major game from Daggerfall on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some significant content in Elder Scrolls Online. And yep. um, and he's insane. And that's just uh, fun. Yes. But, but like but terrifying. Li- literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. Literally. So Shagorath, known as the Daedric Prince of Madness, the fourth corner in the House of Troubles. We've talked about the House of Troubles before a little bit. The Skuma Cat, which is always fun when he shows up as a cute little kitty cat, because <laughs> anytime that the thing about Shigoreth is, is sometimes he just seems charming and fun, but yet he's frightening. He's he's a horror show at the same time. So to put something as powerful and as chaotic as he is in the in the body of a cute little cat is just a wonderful irony, I guess. Yeah. Well, the thing that's weird, kind of, as you mentioned, that is there's Shagorath as as we've you know kind of mentioned with the Jigalag episode um is there's a duality to Shagorath other than just that the literal the fact that there's like he was ripped asunder became two different Daedric princes essentially but there's the jovial jokey hey you know cheese and memes and all these ridiculous quotes mixed in with a level of like legitimately kind of scary because the concept of losing your mind is like really unsettling because that that's yeah how you process like and well, losing it's part control of yourself of is, it's it's right. it's a core component of who you are like if, right. if your mind is not there there's not much else left correct and and the thing is without getting like overly serious mental illness is a serious thing that you know people need to take care of their mental well-being and it's funny that this not like funny haha but funny like awkward that this daedric prince really kind of shows the goofy side of like oh that's insane as if like it's a quote and it's like oh okay absurdity this is something i was thinking about a great way of putting it yeah absurdity prepping for the show today one of the things i was thinking about is that sheogorth is so fun 
Yes. Because he is often like squarely in the realm of the absurd and right. absurdist art and humor. I mean, everything uh, you could you could trace this all the way back to Monty Python. And, you know, like exactly. that, that's that's a type of humor that's very popular. And absolutely. And we grasp onto this idea of like you put these two things next to each other and they're, they're not supposed to be next to each other. It's yeah, absurd. It's, it's like, oh, how loony. Ha ha ha. But then you right. also have the inability to you know predict things which sounds kind of strange but complete randomness and unpredictability when it comes to something of great power like a daedric prince in the in the series Mm -hmm. is absolutely terrifying when it's just like oh haha jokey jokey actually you know what and he just for no reason other than just on a whim completely tears you apart and turns your organs into a loop it's like oh Okay, how do you predict something like like it becomes so unpredictable, it causes a paranoia, which then devolves into mental instability. And you've got all these other things. And it's like it's a self-perpetuating cycle of him being so whacked out. It causes a ripple effect. Yeah. Well, uh, like a lot of this stuff, I've got a theory here. I've got I've got a theory. Let's let's finish all the titles real quick and I'll jump into my theory. Yeah, I was going to say he's he's quite a few. Kuma Cat. Yeah. Lord of the Never There. Raver. Comforter of Men. There are times where he's been helpful to people, and mm-hmm. so he gets those kinds of titles. Sovereign Absolutely. of the Shivering Isles, that's his realm of oblivion. And so here, go with me here on a, on a little journey. If the Daedric Princes are, if an analogy would be something like, a Daedric Prince is like a human compared to an ant, and the mortals on Tamriel are like ants, right? Yep. So because they are, they are at a scale of power that is similarly distant between those two right like (laughs) right you know like like a lot of ants could take down a grown person but it would have to be a lot of them have to be stuck in a situation where they can't get out of right yeah yeah it's a it's a weird situation that you would be able to overwhelm something of such immense size comparatively right and not just size but intelligence and intent the things that we do on a daily basis as human beings will never make sense to an ant because an ant is programmed to collect food to burrow to build its home to protect its its little group you know, yeah. and, and to reproduce like there are certain things that ants do. And that's just that is the full extent of who they are. Correct. This, if you give an ant a trigonometry puzzle, it's going to just continue walking away to look for food because it literally won't comprehend that. <laughs> right. Right. Or or if you discuss mental awareness and health, yeah, and sure. like, you know, exactly. like any yeah. of these higher concepts are, are well above the scale of an ant. So the same thing applies to when it comes to these like intergalactic powers in a way. I mean, they're, they're not intergalactic so much as they are interplanary I mean, they're just on a completely different level. So, yeah. And we've talked about this before with the Daedric Princes, this idea that like we can't fathom their intentionality because they are at such a level beyond us. So they are frightening and they are powerful uh, and, and we will never quite understand them. There's something other. Even even the lesser Daedra are still something other than us and we can't really fathom them. I think Sheogorath takes that to the full extent of that, like on one level, sure, maybe he's just mad. He's just the antithesis of Jigalag. There is no order to any of it. But even if there was, we still would not be able to make sense of it. And the fact that he is so powerful that he can show up on a whim and turn you inside out with a snap of his fingers. Right. Makes that, like you were saying, absolutely terrifying. Yes, because there's just when you have that much unpredictability matched with that much power, it's it's just like a constant state of unrest. Like there's no situation where you can ever be comfortable. Like, because who knows, like what you were doing one minute to please Shagorath could just be all of a sudden. It's like, well, no, no, I hate that. Sure. I hate that. Sure. Cheese is the worst. All of a sudden yeah. it's like, Oh my God, no, not cheese. And not then it cheese. just like destroys you. Well, here's, and here's another idea I had. So we take the story with him being Jigalag originally and order and all of that. And the rest of the Daedric princes all had to team up in order to take him down a peg in order to reduce the amount of order. They turned him into something that was the antithesis of that madness. That still doesn't mean that he's any less powerful than he was when he was Jigalag. He is still of the same order of magnitude. And we know that the Daedric Princes aren't all on the same level. So Sheogorath is still extremely powerful. At least it would make sense to me 
that he's he's still very very powerful and we can see this in the stories where he outwits the other danger princes because it's fun he pits himself against yes. the other princes, like the the story with uh, Hercene and the, the the monster that Hercene summons, and he summons yes, the little bird, the, right? The, like where where they dross, um, right, right. It, you know, he uses a canary to convince it to tear itself apart to just screw with Hercene, right, right. And so uh, and that's just one little example of. Um, uh, of a situation that shows that he is he's operating on a different level uh, than many of the other Daedra princes and I feel like he always was Jigalag wouldn't have become so powerful and so threatening to them unless he was actually a threat to them unless he had the ability to do things that they disagreed with and they couldn't stand against it unless they all banded together right so right the thing that makes Sheogorath at least palatable to the other Daedra princes is that he doesn't have any real intentions of conquering them. He just kind of wants to put them in their place every so often and and make them into an idiot. Right. And and to that end, um, you know, a lot of times when there's an appropriate book, uh, you know, I try to make reference to it. This one I'll just kind of throw out now because there's a lot of them. And it's like the 16 Accords of Madness. There's a lot of really good stories that kind of highlight that and we've gone over a couple so i don't really know that we should i definitely recommend looking up the full book as opposed to us just reading all the different stories to you because there's several different ones and they're different aspects of either him or oftentimes screwing like to your point screwing with other daedric princes just for the sake of screwing it screwing with them Mm -hmm. and which many of them wouldn't even dare to do unless they were very intentionally planned or coordinated with other princes like you do not tread on another daedric prince's realm because that is war and yet Shea Rorath gets away with it all the time it's just like i'm bored i need something to do on a tuesday it's like oh it's dirt us time (laughs) time to screw with molag ball or something like that it's just like um but yeah, the, the thing about that is like, again, there's so much unpredictability with that, which provides both levity and humor and also a really disturbing view of when you don't really not that, you know, morals often apply to the Daedric Princes type of thing. But when it comes to Shea Gorath, it's really like there's a level of just there are no rules and whatever Shagorath currently wants to do is totally f- like just in play. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, it, it's a weird dichotomy with the like very jovial haha version that a lot of people focus on. Mostly the series Elder Scrolls Online did a lot with the, the jokey version, right. whereas the card game Elder Scrolls Legends focuses much, much more on the darker version mm-hmm. of of the the sides of madness. It's it's definitely both sides of the situation. Awesome. Um, th- thank you to uh, King Quin- uh, Quintian Quintlin. Am I, um, my, I think uh, it's Quintlin. Quintlin. Yeah. On the text is kind of small on the on the little screen on the side. Thank you for the raid. Um, but here. Well, here's another another concept here is this this idea that there is inherently power in unpredictability itself. And we see this in other characters. And in fact, we've seen this in a lot of characters in literature and other kinds of uh, stories lately here. Well, we'll just first of all, obviously, there are some connections interliterarily between Sheogorath and a character like the Joker in the Batman series. Right. Sure. That unpredictability, that the madness of it. But what Very about the newer Joker, too, I found. Um, yeah, they, they definitely seem to have a, a very similar vibe to there there's like this extreme unpredictability which is so hard to deal with when you have no rules for how the other person is playing right you can't anticipate what they're going to do next because you don't even understand what game they're playing what their goals are at all exactly yeah and so and so this crosses over to other characters as well so for example in the mcu we have a character like loki and of course loki and thor have been in the comics for decades but in the in the shows in the movies the character of loki is particularly threatening at times because you can't always pin him down mm-hmm. you can't like and, and especially to thor thor doesn't understand his his brother at all in order to like <laughs> anticipate anything he's gonna do so he always gets one over on him but sure. what about this what about this um the um 
the uh, Game of Thrones series, the new one, the yep. House of the Dragon, you have um, uh, Daemon Targaryen. Yeah, in that for an Daemon. Yep. Who, 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 who? I don't know if you guys have been watching this, but he he's got the same vibe. He's got that same level of like unpredictability. You don't really know what his game is. He's he's just as likely to give you a hug and say, you know, it's good to be here. I'm here to support you as he is to just turn the tables in the middle of the, you know, the wedding or whatever. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. it, it, there's something inherent in unpredictability and there's a power in that. And Shea Gorath has that in spades because he he himself appears to be mad. It appears yeah. like he has yes. no goal other than simply whatever his whim happens to be in the moment. Right. And um, there's actually a few there, there's a few stories. Um, I actually think this is one of the excerpts from uh the accords of madness but i I don't have it directly in front of me so anybody can correct me if i'm wrong on this one but there there is at least one of the stories where the the idea is um they're trying to basically he's trying to get this wizard to like go crazy and he gets a soul if that's the case so the, the wizard's like all prepped. I mean, there's a few situ- different situations of this story kind of taking place because he does this a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And like he is, the wizard is so concerned about trying to like be on guard for everything that basically the major drives himself crazy because he's just like, oh my God, the flowers. It's, it's, he's, he's hiding in the flowers. He's going to do this. He's going to do this. Sherry Roth just doesn't do anything instead. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> goes off and does something else. Right. And, and the mage just makes himself insane. He doesn't even yeah. do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's just in his nature to do the very thing that is the least predictable in the moment. Yep. And uh, that, I mean, there is, there is power in that. So, um, we could go into like all the different uh, religions and cultures and things like that. And I feel like these are things that we probably need to come back to in the future. You know, there's the Khajiit, there's the Kynmer and the Dummer being the house of, of the, the fourth channel, the fourth corner of the house of troubles. And you can see why he would be lumped in with the bad Daedra in that group because he wasn't helping them out. And he's also extremely unpredictable. Um, but I, I think what is most interesting about Sheogorath is the the fact that we've had so much involvement involvement with him in the games he shows up in daggerfall he shows up in morrowind he does, he gives you some side quests and things but then there's the shivering isles expansion to oblivion and in the shivering isles expansion go play it if you haven't played it go back and play it and bethesda if you're listening to this please do a remake of oblivion that would be amazing that would be amazing if you could just make it work better on our systems again and maybe up the graphics a little bit i'd love yes, to play please. through it again yes um we've but, got enough skyrim versions give us an oblivion or a morrowind or something yeah any of those would be great um also did you see the nvidia presentation about the new graphics cards and then the the app that allows you to up res and yes add ray tracing lighting and they used Morrowind as an example yes I did see that that was that was amazing yeah and I know they're working on Skywind and Oblivion but those projects have been going for a decade now and it's like (laughs) it feels like we're never going to get them you know but hopefully we will fingers crossed hopefully we will Um, but here's my point my point is in the Shivering Isles expansion you play through the storyline and at the culmination of it you the hero of Kavach the main character of the Oblivion mantles Sheogorath. You stop the whole end of the age thing. You stop the return of Jigalag. Sheogorath comes back, but you now take his seat, which means f- unless there's a hole in the lore somewhere that gets filled with some other information by the events of Skyrim, that Sheogorath is the hero of Kavach. As right. far it's, as I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say that that theory is something I've always ascribed to as well. Um, it's really they, they just have not given anything to contradict that. So right. I've just kind of that seems like the case. Right. Um, and in in, in uh, Skyrim, you get kind of one main quest line that he takes you through. And there's a, a person who's going nuts and you have to yep, deal with Pelagius. Their, their, yeah. Yep. Pelagius. And you have to deal with that and you have to like help out his brain and whatever. Um, so you get a little bit of that. And then you also get Sheogorath in the Elder Scrolls Online. And of course, that is the second age of the world, second era. And the, it's a very different 
take on Sheogorath in some ways, but still kind of the same. We get a little bit more of the humorous side, and it's not as threatening in a lot of cases, but there's sure. still some wackiness that ensues. So, um, do you have like a favorite encounter? Lotus with with Sheogarth across all of these things because he shows up a lot. Yes, and I, I, I always so I like Sheogarth. Sheogarth, I I enjoy the really kind of darker aspects of Sheogarth more because it's very unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a very uncomfortable like thing when he portrays himself as like the not happy go lucky jovial haha I'm crazy but like the actual like. Ooh, this is like mental illness type of disturbing. I'm like, and he, he gets like mm-hmm. really like he'll change the pitch of his voice. His accent will even change, which I believe uh, Wes Johnson even specifically said on the episode yeah. with him that he was like, when, when he gets serious, he's like, I literally shift how I'm speaking. And right. I'm like, that it goes totally from a Scottish to an Irish accent, depending on right. if he's manic or if he's, he's more calm. Right. Yeah. And, um, the, the thing that I always, because, um, from a gameplay perspective, I, I kind of min max to the extreme. I love just becoming an overpowered monster and just like running amok. And I remember when I was playing through the shivering Isles expansion in elder scrolls for oblivion, um, he was, you know, giving me a speech or whatever while sitting on his throne. And I'm so used to just like wrecking house in these games. Once I really get into them. And I was like, you know what? I just, I'm, I'll do what I want. And I slug Sheagorath and his response, which I was just like, that is the best Easter egg like ever. He's like, you really shouldn't have done that. And the screen goes black and the screen fades back in and there's just clouds around me and I'm hurtling toward <laughs> the ground. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, he just oh, teleports you, you in the air and you're just and, falling and, and you fall an incredibly long way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was borderline invincible by the time that I had found like a way to level up infinitely in oblivion, everything like that. So I had like, I don't know, a few hundred thousand hit points, I believe. And I was just hurtling through it. And I was like, I don't know if I can even survive this. Yeah. And you land on what's called the hill of suicides, which it's a literal hill in, a, in the shivering Isles. There are just bones everywhere. And my character hits the ground. And in the old havoc engine ragdoll physics of oblivion, my character bounces back in the air off all these bones and is just like, casually rolling down the hill like a total putz awesome. and i'm dead i'm like that's awesome well touche sheer gore <laughs> <laughs> all right you know that gravity will get the best of me <laughs> yeah so like that to me was just such a a small touch I, again how many people are going to ever even find that like why would you just smack shiagora to begin with like in mm-hmm. the middle of a speech mm-hmm. i just loved the fact that it was just like that little extra place like nah that's not gonna work here and it's just like boom dead no matter what level you are it's like wow yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that that always sticks with me that that was that was just such a funny little easter egg but that was not what i was expecting. i figured if anything he'd be like knock it off or he'll like freeze me in place or something like that I was like right or oh, threatens man. you with some sort of really funny line about you right know, right and it was just or, like yeah. nope super serious like you shouldn't have done that it's just like oh you're in the clouds and you're dead yes yeah, <laughs> like great. okay that's great well we've got some patrons to thank we got to take the mid break but we've got a bunch of different items we'll try to get through the items pretty quickly we've got uh, and my favorite's the wabajack which is great and i want to relay the story of the wabajack as well when we get back so don't go anywhere we've got all sorts of cool stuff we'll be right back i am so excited about our sponsor this week marvel strike force i freaking love marvel comics growing up i collected comics and the trading cards and i've seen pretty much every marvel movie they've made so far so if you're into marvel like i am go check out marvel strike force this is a mobile squad rpg you can collect and unlock all the different heroes you fight against super villains there's a campaign there's a blitz mode there's an arena there's a constantly evolving meta and right now they're celebrating the deadpool anniversary event this is a mission 
from Strike, where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. This is a Morak, Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons. We've got a bunch of new patrons who signed up in the last week. We have uh, Ned L, Keegan, or I'm sorry, uh, Ned L, Jacob S, Logan B, Lars A, uh, Jonathan W, and Dylan A. Thank you so much for everybody who has signed up and welcome, welcome aboard. And Dylan has signed up as a tier five patron. So you get a shout out every week now. So here's your big shout out for the first time as a, as a new tier five patron. Thank you for signing up, <laughs> Dylan A. And yeah, Tinky's up. Yeah, yeah. And then we've also we also have uh, Kira C and Noodle Al Dente, who are our tier five Daedric princes. If you're interested in checking out what you can get for helping to support the show, go to Patreon.com/slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Check out all the different tiers. And if you want to join us at the end of the month, which is coming up in just a week, a week from today, this is this is Thursday night when we record these live at Twitch.tv/slash Robots Radio, and in a week we will be discussing whatever the community decides and we haven't pinned down a topic yet so jump into the discord if you do have a patreon account with us if you are supporting the show make sure you connect your patreon account to the discord account so that you get the right roles so that you can see all the channels and let us know what you want to discuss because we're we're open to whatever you guys suggest in order to plan out what we're going to talk about next week so send us your thoughts and um thank you to all 112 of our supporters you guys are amazing thank you so very much also if you want to help us out with a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify, that would be wonderful. We don't have any new ones to read out, but if you leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't listen to it on the platform, you just have to have an account to log in. We'll read your words on a future episode of the show. So thank you to every for everybody for all of your support. We couldn't do the show without you. You guys are the best. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, we're back. And um, yeah, so Lotus, we've got a bunch of different items to go through. Um, let's see. Let, can we start with the Wabajack? I want to as well start with the Wabajack. It's probably the most iconic of all of yes shagorth is it's wacky instruments <laughs> it's the staff that has the head on it that looks like these yawning mouths big old heads with like really long open mouths ah, yeah it like looks on the top very like similar all screaming. to the gateway to the shivering isles as mm -hmm. well that forms uh to, as the entrance way so i think it's almost like it's a face of madness right it's like yes. like that's yeah. kind of what it's representing and being that this is basically a staff of madness it it you point it at a thing and it turns it into another thing seemingly at random yeah. and can be very effective at either reducing your enemy into a bunny rabbit or turning something into a, a terrible monster that's going yeah, to be something alive. substantially worse than what you were dealing with <laughs> before don't use it on like a house fly or something like that right right so there is the book called wabajack and this yes. originally is in Daggerfall. This is a story that goes all the way back to Daggerfall. And I, I want to take a moment and read through this. So because it's just so fun. So this is called Wabajack. Story of one man summoning of Sheogorath and descent into madness. Little boys shouldn't summon up the forces of eternal darkness unless they have an adult supervising. I know. I know, but on that sunny day, sunny night of the fifth of first seed, I didn't want an adult. I wanted Hermaeus Mora, the danger of knowledge, learning gums, G-U-M-S, and varnishes. This is written by a child, by the way. Mm -hmm. You see, I was told by a beautiful large-breasted man, I've never called somebody a large-breasted man, but I think I might start doing that. Hey, you got yep. some big muscles, you large-breasted man, who lived under the library in my hometown that the fifth of first seed was Hermaeus Mora's knight, and if I wanted the Agma Infinium, the Book of Knowledge, I had to summon him. When you're the king, the new king of solitude, every bit of knowledge helps. 
This is the story of the King of Solitude when he was a child. Normally, you need a witch's coven or a mage's guild or at least matching pillowcase and sheets to invoke a prince of oblivion. The man under the library showed me how to do it myself. He told me to wait until the storm was at its height before shaving the cat. I've forgotten the rest of the ceremony. It doesn't matter. The, the, the way the story be, is basically watching a descent into madness is, is wonderful. Yeah. Someone appeared who I thought was Hermes Mora. The only thing that made me somewhat suspicious was Hermes Mora from what I read was a big blobby multi-eyed clawed monstrosity and this guy looked like a waistcoated banker. Also, he kept calling himself Sheogorath, not Hermes Mora. Still, I was so happy to have summoned Sheogorath Sh- Hermes Mora. <laughs> These inconsistencies did not bother me. He had me do some things. That's my that- favorite part about this. <laughs> it's just like, well, you're clearly not Sheogorath. You're Hermes Mora. Quiet down, Hermes Mora. He had me do some things that didn't make any sense to me, beyond the mortal scope, breadth, and ken, I suppose. And then his servant happily gave me something he called the Wabajack. Wabajack, 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 Wabajack. Jack Wabajack 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 Maybe the Wabajack is the book of knowledge Maybe I'm smarter because I know cats can be Bats can be rats can be hats can be gnats Can be that and this is <laughs> And that doors can be Boars can be snores can be floors Can be roars can be spores can be Yours and can be mine I must be smart for the interconnective System is very clear to me Then why or wherefore Do people keep calling me mad Wabajack 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 <laughs> I love this book. This is great. Perfect. Um, yeah. So uh, we don't need to go too much longer onto the Wabaj and you know the Wabajack. It's it is that item. Most of you guys have played with this. It shows up in Skyrim. Like yeah, everybody's familiar with the Wabajack. Um, what do we want to tackle next? I know this is kind of there's a lot. So maybe there, we can try to a lot. burn through I, I, some, some of these. Some of them aren't really super that important. Um, there's the staff of Shiagorath, which basically is. <laughs> It's, it's essentially just Shagorath's staff. Um, and mm-hmm. if you plan on mantling Shagorath, you're going to basically get this. It's it kind of, it's weird. It almost seems like just the distinguishing thing of like, well, if you have this, classify Shagorath. Because yeah, it's always this is, in his possession. This is the item that defines who Shagorath is. And although he's, you don't always see him holding it, it's magically in his possession, right? Yeah, it's like, like implied that he still owns it, I guess. Right, right. Or like so many of these Daedra Princes, it's almost like they don't physically have to have the item visible on them for it to still be part of them. Keeps it in his banker's waistcoat. <laughs> he puts it in his <laughs> Staff of Shiogorath pocket. Whatever that is. Um, um, yeah, but that's basically the details on that one, I think, right? Yeah, the, uh, the other one that I want to talk about specifically is the... St- <laughs> The staff of Everscamp. Uh-huh. That's this one's great. Yeah, which the staff of Everscamp is a David staff adorned uh, with metallic scamps uh, on the tip of it, and it's inscribed with Daedric lettering, spelling. Yeah, full full word. scamps, like full modeled, oh, like yeah, no, scamps, full, full up scamps. Yeah, and uh, the word uh, nonsense is actually inscribed on the staff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is amazing out the gate um it's a recurring artifact that is primarily associated with shagorath the uh, shagorath though there is evidence that namira has uh has a connection to it as well i never really there's very little elaborated on that and i've never really understood why that's the case specifically even though that was a note um but the thing about the staff of Everscamp, which is just yeah, we so talked great. about this previously, so you can go back we, and listen to that episode. We as well. did, yeah, and it's just like having a staff that just griefs you in real life. Like that is such a video game tropey thing, right? That a staff just spawns scamps that and they do what they want, die, and they just run amok. Yeah, they just do what they want. They're not like like anytime you summon anything else, for the most part, it it's there to help you. These are just random scamps that just do what they want. Yeah, exactly. And, so. and it's just like, I, I, it's a weird reference, but if anybody's ever seen the show Rick and Morty, uh, <laughs> it, may, it makes me think of the Mr. Meeseeks uh-huh. with scamps, right. where it's just like they keep popping up and then it's like, what the hell do you do with all these damn scamps? They're just running amok. They're just like, and I, <laughs> I don't even pay, like some of the scamps in some of the games are a little more aggressive. Like, they, you know, they're actually like, oh, you know, this is like a, horrible little creature you need to fight back and all i picture um is to anybody who 
might have seen my playthrough of on on YouTube, but you can just look up look up the um, Battle Spire scamp. And that is all I picture with these things. They're these really high pitched things that make really, really inappropriate comments to you a lot in mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. That's all I picture with these scamps and making the Morrowind sound where it's just like every time. <laughs> and it's just like, that's all I picture with these little things. Oh man. man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. If you want to go back in oblivion and go find it, I'm sure there's a wiki that explains exactly where to get and all that stuff, but oh, yeah, go, yeah. go play with it. Um, it's a good one. There are a lot of items that are just kind of these objects that were added to ESO or whatever, because Shigorth is so popular from like Correct. a meta perspective. Um, there is the fork of horripilation. That's another really good one. Um, yeah, so this shows up uh, regularly, like as an item on the store for ESO. Like, it, it, I think yeah, people must buy this like a, a lot. A dagger type of thing. <laughs> yeah, um, you run around but, poking people with this thing. It's it's such one horripilation is a ridiculous word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the fork of horripilation is a cursed artifact from Shigarath, and it he refers to it as forky pretty frequently throughout the games. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's basically an iron fork. It's, it's what it is. Um, yeah. Horripilation. Believe... For anybody who doesn't know what yeah. horripilation means, it means when the hairs stand up on your skin out of fear or excitement. So like, yes, like it's Will a... Byers in Stranger Things when one of the monsters shows up. Yeah, is experiencing it's... horripilation. Horripilation, which mm-hmm. is just such a bizarre descriptor. It's just and it's such a weird word. Um, but the other thing about it is. It's, it it's smells like roast beef slightly of roast beef. <laughs> you were, okay you are gonna say that i thought you were gonna that, say something else no that's just <laughs> that's just weird it's so like, weird it's, it's so just, weird that's that's the thing where it's very very um it, it, it's one of those things where like you get the quirky bit in there but it's just like it it, it smells faintly of roast beef it's like great like <laughs> yeah yeah otherwise it is uh imbued with an enchantment which excites and synergizes magicka around it and can produce dramatic results when held by certain people and so shiro goreth is fond of get, forcing mortals to use this as a weapon in which and, she cases and, the wielder with fork's wound which it, is like a and debuff you get goosebumps apparently by using it because that's where it earned its name i suppose i mean the static charge kind of makes sense with that Mm -hmm. but it's just it's such a weird thing it's also very interesting uh for a super tangential thing it's it's a card in elder scrolls legends too that's super unique because when you use it you actually fork a different card to make the card do something different. I believe it knocks like two damage off the card in Legends or whatever. But like for the animation, it literally just forks the screen. Like a fork just stabs that card. It's super unique animation to just the fork of Horripilation. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that stuff. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So otherwise there's there's a bunch of other kind of just like uh, a wand and a glove and a you know, regalia, like an outfit. Yeah. And- yeah gamble putty is just a weird name i i never really found it you know it's just an ambiguous glove it's like that the, a lot of his things are really not super mm-hmm. useful mm-hmm. i i yeah but the the ones that we pointed out are, are clearly the best <laughs> the best ones the other thing that we haven't mentioned is that when you are planning to meet sheogorth when he doesn't just show up in the world under the guise of some other crazy name which happens fairly regularly and he's just not bored and wants to just like kind of play pranks on somebody if you have to go petition him typically you have to go through his manservant should we call him a manservant that sounds fine his manservant um and actually (laughs) for a quick aside just on the idea of manservant being what Mm -hmm. we call it um i know you played tiny tina's wonderlands yes this just for some reason made me think of the exact quote where somebody's like oh no it's a female bandit and she's like it's just bandit you chauvinistic asshole <laughs> right 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 yes i remember that yes <laughs> I was like it's why so are good. you calling a man you could just be a servant <laughs> he's just a servant but he's well i, I always yeah. assumed a manservant meant like a servant to a man 
I, I guess. Rather than a male servant. Like, sure. Like if you were the lord of the house, then you right, would have right, a man right. servant it's, as opposed to a woman servant. I don't know if that's a thing. A lady something? servant? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know if there's a distinguishing right. factor to right. that. Somebody who knows what you funny. need <laughs> as a man rather than as a I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, Haskell is his name. And he looks, at least in the newer versions of Elder Scrolls, like a human a mannish character and the the first voice you heard was Haskell welcoming us to the Shivering Isles yeah. and um and you get to interact with him a bit in that expansion, but he shows up in some other places as well. And uh, it seems like he's just some guy who works for Sheogoreth. We don't know much. much about him. Like, if you dig into any of the wikis, if you dig into any of the, the dialogue, any of that stuff, it nothing tells us about his origin, how he came to work for Sheogoreth, why he appears to be kind of ageless and and existing forever um yeah he also seems moderately like just like i'm tired from my job please just let's get on with this right like yeah. this is just what i have to do can we just move this along like, yeah it's every almost like time he, you talk to him yeah he's just kind of like haha okay yeah the joke i get the joke of like yeah, it's it's very funny now this. please go and right like, go into the cheesemonger's hollow or get disemboweled or whatever you're right, do just right do now. your like, thing i've already seen it all whatever that kind of yeah he's yeah. got that kind of attitude but this is what i also find really interesting about him is that we have um concept art for many of these games dating back very early and there is some early concept art of sheogorath i'm going to put it on the screen right now and haskell I believe that must be Haskell because it is a servant at Sheogorath's side who is holding a tray with a beverage on it and a, a, a cup, a chalice of some sort. And this Haskell in this picture is clearly not a human. He looks like a little like a little melting monster of some sort. And uh, when I showed this to, to Lotus earlier, Lotus was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah, he's a grumite. He's a grumite. <laughs> Haskell originally was at least designed in concept art to be a grumite, which is a fish. It's almost like a fish person. And you find them in the Shivering Isles. In fact, there's variations on them that are some of them are more human like and some of them are more like frog lizard fish thing that crawled out of the ocean with the same exact face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And. And they're very, you know, it's a very unique enemy to the Shivering Isles. So yeah. I wonder if the original concept art of Haskell, when they were like, eh, let's humanize him more. And they're like, right. well, what do we do with this? Or or again, did he get warped over time? For, you Maybe know, he knows? was the best of the Grumites, the most right. valuable servant in the Shivering Isles that started as a fish man. Classic Grumite Haskell. Yeah, and then Sheogorath was like, ah, that won't do, and decides to, like, magic him into making look look like a regular mortal. Yeah. Because he's going to be the person dealing with regular mortals. I'm not going to lie, I think I'd like Haskell more if he was a Grumite still. <laughs> I don't mean... That concept art is really neat. It's just weird. Bethesda... Elder Scrolls 6, I know you guys are starting to work on yeah. it. Yeah. Can we have a Bring Grumite Haskell? Grumite Haskell. I want to grow my Haskell. Start a petition. Grumite Haskell for the win. Grumite Haskell. We, we need him. We need him. Yep. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's that. That is, that is one thing I definitely wanted to cover before we get to the end of the show. But then there's also the whole detail about voice actors. We know Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson is a very popular voice actor. He's done many different characters. He guested on our show. He's the voice of Hermaeus Mora as well. A number of other characters. Uh, many of the guards in Oblivion. Um, <laughs> every Some other character in Oblivion. <laughs> yes, every every other character at all in Oblivion is is Wes Johnson, um, but in ESO, uh, Sheogarth is done by JB Blanc. Blanc, I think. I, I think it's Blanc. His, his last name. Yeah, I think so. Which is hard to find because in his IMDb, he's just listed as other voices in ESO. It doesn't oh, actually list Sheogarth, but he is a voice actor who has done many different things. Um, name a video game. He's probably done a voice. Uh, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, a lot of these big games, Fallout 76, Spyro, the reignited trilogy. Doesn't oh, wow. everybody love Spyro the Dragon, right? Um, the Harry Potter games, Mortal Kombat, Scooby-Doo. He was in the Scooby-Doo TV series wow. at one point. Um, lots of different characters and also voices and other characters on TV shows and things like that. So he's, he's fairly 
Another predominant. accomplished voice actor. Yeah, extremely, extremely accomplished. So Wes Johnson and both both Wes Johnson and J.B. Bonk both have done this character. And um, and uh, I think that's... It is interesting, though, that like um, since Wes Johnson originally kind of, like in our interview with him, talked about you know him sculpting the, the, the dialogue style and all of that, mm-hmm. that stayed even in the situations where it isn't him. Yeah, yeah. That, well, at like, least it, that was that became the formed, goal. He helped right, form the he character. He formed that character, so it's like that's kind of became. It, it's a little more synonymous with Wes Johnson, in my opinion, where it's just like that was the the character he kind of created out of the information they gave him. Right, and it seems like in the case that anybody else were to do that character they need to mimic him as opposed to make the character their own right but well here's the thing here's the last thing i wanted to share on this episode before we had wes johnson in oblivion doing this character we had right the character in Morrowind and yes. I don't I don't know the voice I couldn't find the voice actor for Morrowind I'm sure if I dig a little bit more eventually I can dig it up um, so if you know if you know who the voice vector is tell us we'll, we'll call it out in a future episode but this is what Shiogarth originally sounded like in the first game of the series that had well I guess there was Red Guard had voices in it too yeah, yeah and I mean so, so did so did Battlespire but it, it was definitely much it, much more mainline voice acting yes so in uh, the first appearance of a voiced Sheogorath. This is what it sounds like. Here you go. Enjoy. Oh, wait. I gotta turn the sound up. Hold on. Alright. Here. This is it. I see you have completed my little errand. Well done. Perhaps you've gotten a taste of madness as well. Do not believe madness to be a curse, mortal. For some, it is the greatest of blessings. A bitter mercy, perhaps, but mercy nonetheless. Give me the fork of horopolation. I believe I have something more suitable for your needs. Go now. Remember what you have seen. It's so proper. It's so. Well, first of all, you told me to enjoy, and I did not. Uh. <laughs> like, there's, like, it's almost creepy because it's not creepy. So. It's weird because, like, I, I actually remember that quest from Morrowind specifically because I actually didn't want to give back the Fork of Horopolation. I was like, it's mine because I didn't understand anything about the series at the time. I was like, I want the fork. Um, <laughs> but, but the um, all of the Daedric Princes that we reference that have, like, voiceover in Morrowind, they all sound oddly similar. It's kind the of like The little echoey weird... room thing. Yeah, the, I was yeah. going to say, it's very, like... You know, they do the voice overlays for different situations and stuff like that. And, you know, they're power levels and all sorts of weird effects and stuff like that. And all of the data princes, for the most part, it's like, okay, here's a very large, thin hallway with nothing in it. <laughs> right. Here's a microphone. You're a Daedric Prince. Now right. Go. Go in the and bathroom I- and record this on a laptop. <laughs> right. Thank it's you. like they're all very, very samey sounding. <laughs> right, right. And they hadn't really found their voices to make them much, much more individual. They were just kind of a flat, like, yep, super being or something, whatever. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we get a lot more of that with Wes Johnson's interpretation in a oh, yeah. But there's something about this, the way this voice sounds like. Use the fork wisely, mortal. <laughs> like, what? Use the fork wisely. Yeah. They have to realize that that was a quote that sounded like Star Wars. Right. Oh, yeah. Luke. <laughs> Luke. Let me put Use the fork, the fork back wisely, in. mortal. Yeah. <laughs> Like what? It, it does actually. <laughs> now that you say it, I mean, it almost said, it, it almost sounds like um like uh what's his face Obi Wan uh, Obi Wan. It's yeah. like a parody of that, and it's right. just like all I picture is like an investment banker like taking this smelly fork and like putting it in his breast pocket <laughs> and like putting right. it next to his like pocket watch, and I'm like, this is a weird visual for a Daedric Prince of Madness. Yeah, I mean, because it is a smelly fork, and here, here's one more. What is it, mortal? Have you come to be of service to Shigarath? <laughs> Shigarath? Yeah, they even pronounce the name differently. Also, we're not going to give you a pronunciation guide. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I love this stuff. I mean, we love this series, and we love how much it has evolved. And, and clearly, when you're working for years to get one of these games out, some things require more focus than other things in order to yeah. just get the game done. So, um yeah, and as time went on, they focused more on this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, Shegareth. 
Shigareth. Shigareth. It almost sounds like the last boss of Quake. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting as this is definitely a character who has evolved quite a bit into a very, very unique character mm-hmm. to the series. Yeah. Whereas yeah. before it really wasn't all that unique um it's simple things because one of the only other things it's it's just cosmetic stuff and fluff but um one of the things that i did want to specifically mention just because you know it, we had talked about the shiver isles and that was really where we got our first deep dive into shigoraf or shigoraf uh <laughs> <laughs> was when you talk to haskell and he is basically like okay cool you're here there's shiver isles <laughs> no door opens up so much as the room dissolves into purple butterflies that just unwrap around you and all of a sudden you're out in the field or whatever yeah it's the visual uniqueness came along with that character as well and it's like that kind of started to form on an idea into like the full thing that i again he's not really my favorite daedric prince he's a little cornball type of thing but it, it i think it's a great addition <laughs> to the series but like a lot of people like love shigoroth absolutely a favorite character between the skooma cat and all that stuff and i totally get it um but it's just the big thing i love about this character is how much it adds to the series in terms of uniqueness like when you think of something like this it's wholly unique to like the Elder Scrolls when you think of that. It doesn't really fit in other stuff. Yeah, that, it raises a question um, in my mind. We just talked about some of the lesser known Daedra. And clearly, Sheogorth is one of the more known Daedra because he just likes to get in other people's business and do stuff. Right, right. But that doesn't mean that we couldn't see in something like an Elder Scrolls Six an upgrade in a way in how they represent these other Daedric princes and their personalities that really make them stand out because clearly Sheogorath's is one of the ones that's most fleshed out and most memorable but what about Sanguine like he's a really interesting character as well and we just get kind of this Daedra looking dude who happens to wear red or disguise himself as somebody like there are things that they could do to you know make that jump that that Morrowind to Oblivion jump you know and and maybe do that with some of these other these other I characters. I would like that too, um, especially because like one of the things that I actually feel uh, to 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 your point, because that is done, is there was some also in Oblivion uh, that you know the main antagonist of Oblivion was actually um, Marin Dagon, right? And you got you got more of Dagon, but I actually feel that ESO finished fleshing that out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah. Like, that that's just it. There's been a little more flair added to Shagorath, but like Shagorath is pretty fleshed out. Hermaeus right. Moore is really like pretty fleshed out. Right. Well, he also um, had an ex- uh, whole DLC. Co- correct. Right. It really comes like the Daedra princes that get these expansions really seem like you get a deep dive into a lot of the stuff with them, which I love, and I, I hope they kind of keep going with something like that. Yeah, yeah, and I can see that continuing to be a thing for ESO. Um, for sure. But I also think that some, when you have a mainline game like Elder Scrolls Six, like that, that is an opportunity to uh, it, it, the mainline games kind of set the pace and then ESO follows through and matches that. Right. And then they just kind of uh, they take what has been established and they expand on it in in ways. But they are clearly not Todd Howard and the main team right. going, OK, how do we now dial this up to 11 again? and move it to this other thing and then and then ESO is going to catch up to that again right like that that I feel like that's the way the series works or at least will now that we're in a post ESO first game coming up exactly it'll be interesting to see I think I think we're going to see a lot of things I think we're going to see a lot of things in Starfield that blow our minds because they've been working on this and it is it is Todd's baby and then all the things that they learned from Starfield working into Elder Scrolls six, I think are again, going to just, well, that's, they, they have Skyrim to live up to, right? They, yeah. Um, and, and they do that throughout their games. It's why I love both fallout and elder scrolls, because I noticed that you see the, the structural bones of a concept in one of the games as like, a you know, it's, there's the game and then there's this little extra thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next game, it's like, Oh, that's now a major feature. And you see this other little 
idea of a thing along with all that's in the game and then the next game you get that was fully re- realized and you've got another little thing yeah. it was like because you know we got the homestead expansion with with skyrim for example and it was like oh yeah you can get a plot of land and you can be-. and it's like by the time we got fallout 4 it's like full-on creation thing you're building like yeah. cities and stuff like yeah, it's, it's ramping it up one Right, exactly. And it's like they, they go a little more into each other each time. And I really like that. Yeah. And Rob the Princess says, I'd love to see Clavicus Vile or Sanguine get the villainous spotlight. I would also, and I think to add on top of that, to not only see a villain play the villain in a way that we've never seen before, but also, I mean, you have the Daedric Princes are so on their own terms and have their own goals. Like we talked about the idea of having some of them even cooperate with the protagonist and be the good guy for just whatever happens to be going on, you know, like playing those roles. And that happens from time to time in the series in ESO or in the history of the world and those kinds of things. And I think that also is an opportunity to flesh somebody out. So have to have like, what if Sanguine is actually helping the protagonist? And so that means we spend more time with them and we also get to know more about them, their realm, all, all of that kind of stuff. Like there, right. there's so much that can be done, not just by pitting Daedric Princes as villains or main villains, but simply by including them more often. Sure. So, yeah. So anyway, I'm sure we're going to get lots of cool stuff once we get around to Elder Scrolls six. It's going to be a few years, but uh, yeah, you know, hopefully uh, it'll be around the time I'm retiring. So I'll have uh, time <laughs> oh, to <no>. play it. <laughs> Are you retiring early? I hope I hope you've set up your finances and you're like, yeah, two more years and I'm done. I'm retired. Yeah, no, yeah, no. No. <laughs> I feel like I'm being realistic on the time. Period. <laughs> oh, OK. OK. All right. Wamp, wamp. Wamp, wamp. Well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thank you for being here. Chat. Always love to see all the conversations conversations in the live chat and lotus you've got tales of tamriel anything else you want to share anything going on no um i was gonna say i got i ideally all will go uh according to plan and we'll be able to record tales tomorrow evening um we kind of were like in a weird like we had one midweek so kind of like an off schedule so we're trying out our Mm -hmm. new schedule stuff but also because of the release cadence of stuff we've kind of needed to schedule stuff a little oddly for tales of tamriel just because like there's been eso lives talking about the next expansion already and stuff like that so we're trying to fit it in as best we can around all the uh all the reveals for stuff so yeah as, as we get more it'll be interesting to see what we get for q4 with uh, elder scrolls online and um yeah other than that no i'm hoping i've really 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 i mean i finished my uh new set up with my gaming room that I posted some stuff of which and lights. I'm very pleased with. You got yes. lights behind you. I do. I have flashy lights like you now and they're Ooh. all finalized. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that and I would like to get back to recording some more uh, stuff for everybody because I recently had some people say that uh, people were complaining that they don't actually get to see the stories in the Elder Scrolls online, which we've had friends yeah. of the show tell us that all the time and recently i had some uh more than one person show up and be like oh i i found these like dungeon tale videos which i was credits like i appreciate you giving me like my title screen art for which yeah I, yeah and um mm-hmm. what do you call it the uh ap- apparently people have been finding us on reddit because it was getting passed around it was how do you get the stories <laughs> And somebody huh. was like, oh, this Lotus of Doom guy has them on his YouTube. <laughs> go, just, like, just go watch him Yay, play through. They're yeah, being useful. Go. But um, yeah. no, I, so so I would like to get more of those for people because people have reached out. Um, I've been super busy, so I've been behind on videos. We've got, a, I don't know, a bunch up, but I want to get all of the dungeons and then the trials for people. And I was going to say, as T-Rex brought up in chat, I do want to stream because I really want to Daggerfall just had its 25th anniversary. Oh, you're going to do the Daggerfall is next on the list based Uh, on the vote. Are you going to do the unity? What was it? The unity. So I'm going to try both. It's it's Um, pretty cool. I've, I've installed it and played around with it a little bit. I kind of want to try the original and then everybody's like, it's so close to the original, except that it just works better. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'll probably just take a quick look at the OG and then if Daggerfall is basically just the same thing except more functional, we'll go through on Daggerfall, I guess. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited to start that, but I want to make sure that everybody can see it. Um, 
as I go through the classic ones. So I need to be able to block out time for people so that we can, you can play through. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We'll go ch- definitely check that out when Lotus is, is doing that and follow his Twitch channel, Lotus of Doom on Twitch and Lotus of Doom on YouTube for all those videos. Surprisingly easy to get with, with them actually giving me my name at places. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing when you can just cross brand. <laughs> yeah. Some places I have to be robots underscore radio yeah, because for I, some I, reason that's taken. It took me three years to get Lotus of Doom on Twitch. That's so weird. So weird. I was Lotus OD and yeah. nobody was Lotus of Doom. They just said, no, you can't have it either. I was like, what? why? why? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I, this was before I was anybody. Nobody knew who I was. And yet some yep. of these names were already taken. But anyway. Um, but yeah, come hang out with me. I'm usually I'm trying to stream weekly on Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons on twitch.tv slash robots radio. And of course you can check out all the different shows at robotsradio.net. So all sorts of stuff there. Thank you again for being here, everybody. We love to hang out with you guys. You guys are the best. All right. We'll see you next time. Stay safe out there. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time